Since July of this year. Congratulations. So, I launched that thing during a pandemic. 
child welfare is like at my heart um, due to my personal reasons. So um, I also manage a DCFS contract for youth in the foster care system. So um, I get a little bit of therapy case management with that. And then I also have my private practice, which I want to grow to be able to do that full time. Nice. nice. Oh, okay, and you have on your oh shirt. Oh my gosh, yes, I'm repping the brand right now. Nice. Um, my, my private practice is meant for me therapy. And you can see my logo. It's a, a black girl with natural hair. So um, yes. I really wanted my private practice to look like something that people who look like me could see themselves being a part of. So I feel like there are these like... Um, the stereotypes about people who go to therapy and you know you see a white therapist and you see a white person laid out on the couch and i don't think a lot of people of color saw themselves in that space and that is why i intentionally wanted to um wanted people to feel like my practice was meant for them love that Mm -hmm. Ida, give us some good you have you're repping a northwestern <laughs> So is that your uh, your old your old town your old indeed. place? Indeed. Oh, okay. Indeed. Yeah. Shout out to the Wildcats. <laughs> so I uh, I'm not in a private practice at this time. Previously, I did um, I was over at Cultivate Your Essence, mm -hmm. which is an excellent practice. Um, but currently, I, my credentials LCPC, a licensed clinical professional counselor. And I've been in the field since 2013. I work with an agency called Metropolitan Family Services. And um, what I do, I'm part of our clinical program. I oversee several child and adolescent programs that are focused on, obviously trauma-based, um, but focused on children um, in care, adopted youth, and also our infant mental health department uh, with children birth to six. Okay. Okay. I need to talk to you later. Yeah, referral. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And thank you all for being here. And you can see those excellent credentials from all. So these are professionals and people that uh, you can trust and uh, not somebody that we picked up off the street. <laughs> I am not a fan of therapy at all. Um, I feel like I can get down on my knees and, and the Lord will help me out and I feel like I can coach myself through things. However, I have done therapy in the past and it, it has been helpful. Uh, Tiffany, what do you say to someone like myself who is maybe afraid of therapy? There's a stigma in the black community uh, about therapy. What do you say to those people? Well, for those particular people who may be more reserved or hesitant to actually pursue therapy, I would be more interested in having a conversation with them to see what are the reservations, what's the reason, what's the meaning behind it, mm -hmm. and kind of help answer some of those questions that's probably unanswered, mm -hmm. or maybe even the misconceptions behind therapy. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times when I get guys that's like, oh, I don't want to do therapy, I don't think I need it, and we kind of talk about how it could be beneficial. Mm -hmm. Areas okay. where you could potentially improve and how having a therapist is kind of like that support person, someone that's going to help support you, someone who could motivate you. And people, when they like say, oh, I'm going to go get a physical trainer or someone to go work out, it's just accountability partners. Mm -hmm. So same thing when it comes to your mental health, having that person that's going to help support you, help give you that guidance that you need as you're going to build yourself. So you still can work on yourself and got it all under control. You can use your prayer. You can do whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. But then you have an accountability 
accountability partner, someone that's going to help support you and kind of help listen to you without judgment and give you that support that you need to make that progress. Okay. Well, before we jump into another question, I want to just, I want y'all to um, clarify what means what. So I know that we have LCSW mm -hmm. and then we have LCPC. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference in um, what like separates the two? I would say one big piece, well, I'm just going to say big, one piece is um, our focus in our education. Okay. So though we're all master's levels, and correct me ladies if I'm wrong, but LCSWs um, tend to have a more holistic approach. Mm -hmm. So we're not just, we're, we're certainly focused on the clinical work and what we need clinically or what they need clinically, but also um, the other needs. You know what, I'm going to let them speak for themselves. Okay. <laughs> um, our education is very clinical focused. Okay. So even though we understand there are different aspects that impact your mental health, like, you know, within your community, we're focused on diagnoses, symptomology, um, and certainly our education is more research-based. Oh, or it's research-based. So. Okay. And then what about the LCSW? Yeah, I would say um, I would say definitely looking at all factors that contribute to why a client's mental health needs exist. So, right, looking at societal factors, looking at systemic issues, you know, looking at oppression, like how do all these things, how do all these outside forces influence why people might seek clinical services? I would say, and I think also, like you can see LCSWs in a variety of different fields, some in child welfare, some doing policy work, some in education, hospitals, um, hospitals like every different branch, like you can see social workers because I think they've been trained kind of to look at those community barriers and mm -hmm. try and like, how can we get you the resources that you need to address the mental health needs? Got it. Okay. And I just would basically piggyback off of both of them and say like with being a social worker, you can have more access to like the schools and the hospitals and the community agencies. So for me having an LCSW, which I have worked in all of those areas, I feel it allowed for me as a social worker to get that extra experience mm. of being in a community and having access and be able to kind of help understand the person or the individuals that I'm dealing with from a different perspective. Okay, mm -hmm. got it. So, that, so uh, you don't have to be a doctor to, yeah, I, I, do you consider yourself doctors or is it no, a doctor so type? There are degree? clinical psychologists, there are also psychiatrists, mm -hmm. like you'll find, you can find a therapist with, with different credentials. Okay. So um, you have psychiatrists who also have their MD and they're um, usually they can prescribe medication. That's the difference between psychiatrists and all the rest of us. Mm -hmm. um, then you have clinical psychiatrists, psych psychologists who have their PhD usually, um, but they usually work in a therapeutic settings. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say they're more focused on the mental health needs, assessments, diagnoses, kind of similar to LCPC. And then you also could have a, di uh, a therapist who has LCSW or LCPC. So you could have a therapist with either of those credentials. It usually comes down to preference. And I would say, like, even thinking about what you asked earlier about, like, with someone who wants to, you know, I want to pray my way through it. Mm -hmm. um, I would say, like, you can find a therapist. Like, you have so many ways to go, right? Whatever credentials you want, you hop on a website, you'll see all these different things. And usually they're assessing the same things, 
but it's the, the way that they approach the work. Like what is that therapist specific, specific therapeutic approach? And you can go to a faith-based therapist. Like I know mm -hmm. therapists who will literally end every session in prayer because that is what that really? client needs. Okay. Yeah, so there are so many different ways to approach the work. And I think like we've all been trained to meet the client where they are. And if you have a special niche, like I do faith-based, I do, um, you know, I work with athletes, I work with celebrities, like you can have your, your thing that you do and that is what is gonna draw people to you, but that's also what's gonna keep the client coming back because they're not trying to fit into your mode of what therapy is. Right. What would you say to the person that I described to Tiffany earlier uh, that is maybe afraid or not want to give therapy a chance? Uh, you know, when you encounter those people? Yeah, um, for me, if they, if they called me and like they wanted to do a consultation to see like, you know, I'm looking for a therapist, I wanna see if you are fit, I really just start with like, what is it that you're looking for in a therapist? Like, what are your goals for therapy? And how do you how do you think you wanna reach those goals? Mm -hmm. If they go and describe like all these things about how their faith is important to them, I'm a Christian, mm -hmm. but that's just not the way that I approach my therapeutic work, right? I'm gonna do CBT, I'm gonna do mindfulness, I'm gonna talk about some things that are not just in the Bible, right? Mm -hmm. Because I do think that I can pray to God, but I can also have a therapist too, just yeah. like I can also go to the doctor. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not fighting right. my way through everything. Mm -hmm. So I might say, I might not be the best fit for you, but let me refer you to some Christian-based therapists that mm -hmm. might be better. Okay. And Ida, what about yourself? I think um, how I approach um, the therapy relationship is that it is a relationship. Mm -hmm. So, First of all, for some for the scenario that you gave, you know, I want to get to know the person and I want us to get to know each other. But it sounds like what I'm immediately picking up on is faith is a big strength mm -hmm. for this particular client. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do the best I can to incorporate those strengths into our sessions. So, no, I, I'm not um, a pastor, right? So I'm not going to mm -hmm. guide. I cannot guide this client um, spiritually in right. a sense. Mm -hmm. But I can I can certainly be a part of that process and that journey with them, supporting them through that mm -hmm. by incorporating that strength. Mm -hmm. So I think certainly for uh, someone who has reservations about therapy, I would say give it a, give it a chance. Mm -hmm. It starts with the relationship mm -hmm. and we can move from there. Okay. I, I do um, have a question. I met people that didn't connect with their therapist, mm -hmm. but then they're so scared. They're the like, yes people. So then they're scared to tell the therapist that they're not really getting along. Like, do y'all ever, in that situation, do you think that you would be able to pick up the vibe or if it's something that um, you could work through? Like what kind of happens in a situation where I'm here, but I'm scared to tell you specifically, I don't really want to be here. Whenever I do my consultations with prospective like clients, I always tell them, if you ever feel that I'm not a good fit for you, just be open with me. Like I, my feelings will never be hurt mm -hmm. at all. And not like in a cocky way, like I want you to get the help that you need. I want you to be linked with whoever it is that's gonna best support you, work well with you. Um, if it's anything that I'm doing or anything I say that may be offensive, share that with me. Like I learn mm -hmm. when you share and stay open with me. And I always encourage my clients to have an open space. Like tell me something, I'm, I always ask them at the end, is there any questions or anything that you wanna say, go ahead and say it. Or feel free to email me, text mm -hmm. me, mm -hmm. let me know if it's anything that you want me to do or that I'm not doing. Or if you feel like you wanna move to a different therapist or need referrals, I'll even help in the process. <laughs> I will. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, we had a, a foot doctor on uh, a, a week or so ago. Mm -hmm. uh, she's a foot and ankle a surgeon. Hmm. A podiatrist? Or a surgeon. She's, She's a surgeon. surgeon. Oh. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. and, and, and she was saying that when people walk in the office mm -hmm. and, and see her, you know, mm -hmm. see her skin, maybe see her culture, mm -hmm. you know, things that they are just, you know, immediately turned off. Do any of you all have a story uh, like that? I mean, I have had clients who they may not have done their research mm. and they see Tiffany rolling and mm. I may be in network with one of their insurance providers. They show up for the first session. We have a good first session and mm. then they just don't book the next appointment, which it happens if you're mm. uncomfortable or if I'm not meeting your needs or if it's just not a good fit, then I can understand that. I don't take it personal, mm. but it has happened when people just don't do their research, which I always recommend, do your research on your therapist. Do mm -hmm. Google. Mm -hmm. Google and see, put a face to them, mm -hmm. see what you can learn about them, that way you're not in an office and uncomfortable, right. mm -hmm. not necessarily knowing what you may get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think that's a little, that's the difference kind of between therapy and doctors usually, like usually if your client is going to the doctor, like all you get is a name, right? I can't like look you up or you come up on like healthgrades.com or something. Mm -hmm. clients who seek therapy services unless they're just like going to their insurance like can you send me some providers in my area mm -hmm. most people are really intentional about this search especially people who are private pay mm -hmm. paying with cash they are hiring us and I'm not cheap <laughs> so mm -hmm. I know that they want to get you know they, they want to make sure they're making the right decision because it's an investment and so most of my clients probably I've had all of my clients who have seen my website they've seen me on therapy for black girls or psychology today and my branding is very intentional and so they are not surprised when they you know I mean I was gonna say walk in but when they hop online and they mm -hmm. see this black woman with right. natural hair mm -hmm. that's really why they came to me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would definitely agree um, to your point about um, our clients being intentional mm -hmm. for those who, who do choose that can choose their therapist being intentional I know in our community um, for those of us who are seeking um, clinicians we want clinicians that look like us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so oftentimes I don't think clients are coming in blindly mm -hmm. I think at least the ones um, who are like private pay and things like that okay why are black therapists not highlighted like white ones are uh, that's the question that we have from our Instagram page. That's an excellent question. That's a great question. I think um, I speculate that some, when some, I think you said this earlier, when some people think about therapists, they think about Freud, this white old guy, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you laying on the couch. And women who look like us, clinicians who look like us, I don't think, I don't know why we're not highlighted as much as we should be, but we're not. Um, and so I think sometimes it's a surprise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it could just be lack of knowledge. I mean, people are just starting to be open to going to therapy. Yeah. This movement has like just began. Mm -hmm. So I believe as we continue to progress further in the process, we will start to have our faces out there more. Yeah. People will be more comfortable. Some people are even comfortable now saying I have a therapist yep. before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that was right. such a stigma. It was so such true. a stigma. Mm -hmm. You led us right into our next, uh, yes. Um, with 
uh, with therapy, therapy being such a stigma in the black community, I want to know before we jump into that, what made you three collectively want to go into therapy? Because like they just said, it's not something that we talk about. It's not something that you um, that you were raised on. And also it's not something that like your friend's mom's mom was a therapist or something like that. So what hit you all that wanted you to go into this field? And you start with you, Ida. Sure. Well, it actually, this was not my first uh, dream or passion. Mm -hmm. So when I went to college, I was on the pre-med track, like oh, a lot of okay. my friends. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we, you know, my idea at the time, was I just wanted to help people. Mm -hmm. And I thought that by, you know, being in the medical field, that was a way to help people. Well, okay, sophomore year, two years passed by. Um, I'm struggling in chemistry, mm -hmm. but I'm excelling in my psychology classes, which I was minoring in at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I had a heart-to-heart -heart with one of my mentors, Monica, and really just started thinking about if my vision and my purpose is to help people, what other way can I do that? Mm -hmm. And so at the time, I was, you know, recognizing that I really enjoyed psychology and all of the psychology courses that I took. And so I said, you know what, I think I'm going to continue on in this track and see how that develops. Mm -hmm. and, and, it, and it developed in, into who I am today. But I do want to say <laughs> the passion also, um, it continued to develop for me um, after graduating in grad school and starting out in you know community mental health, starting off in Inglewood, where I was serving children who looked like me, who lived in an environment that I grew up in. And so I think that just really propelled me um, to be even more into the field and strongly, you know, passionate about the clients that I serve because, you know, I know that I'm providing quality clinical um, services and I feel that's what they deserve. Okay. Yeah, I think, um, Kim, what you said is probably one of the reasons why I, like, wanted to pursue it because mm -hmm. I was like, representation matters and I think the, the more people we hear saying like, well, I don't go to therapy because I, I can't find a therapist who, you know, will understand what I'm talking about, who understands my cultural experiences. I think like hearing those messages constantly and being in a place where, you know, I was sitting in my classes. Uh, I went to University of Chicago for social work school. So sitting in my classes full of white people, mm -hmm. full of white professors, full of, you know, material that was about being a white clinician and how do you work with, you know, a minority client. And I'm mm -hmm. like, but there was never the reverse, right? Wow. And I think it was really mm -hmm. just because that is what the field looked like. That's mm -hmm. what it has looked like for a long time. Um, so I actually switched in. I was actually on the administrative track because I thought I wanted to like go into policy work. And I was like, no, I want to do clinical work because I think we have enough people in policy who've never been on the ground, who've never been in these mm -hmm. experiences, who've never, you know, sat in front of people and realized like how do the policies that I'm making impact people who don't look like me, yeah. right? And so I think that was the, the ultimate thing for me. And I think like it's gonna take a lot more of us like being in the field for that stigma to go away because nobody's gonna go to therapy and be excited about it if they have to go in and sit with no white woman who's like asking my experience growing up or being black or you know, just in this country, especially this year alone, like I just cannot imagine not having that space yeah. and feeling like that space was for me and like being able to trust that person. Mm. Was was there any black men in any of y'all graduating classes? 
And it was like two. Yeah, I had like one two. Oh, okay. So just a couple. Okay. And how many? Two hundred. Only a couple. Oh wow. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. It's not okay. Okay. And then what about you, Tiffany? But I went to Dominican and River Forest, so it was already a private school. So the minority population was very, very small. And with men, it was probably one or two, if I can remember, in my program. Even with like African American females, very limited. But we did get a great like teaching education. Like everything, the foundation was nice. I appreciated the openness at the university, but it was nice to kind of be able to be a representative, like be able to represent like our population, mm -hmm. be able to have a voice, be able to work with people like us. So I started off working in the Austin community, mm -hmm. working with the teenage boys and the teenage girls. And that's when I realized that counseling and just being a therapist was going to be for me because mm -hmm. I would do like community support work. And before you know it, it's always the one-on-one -on -one talk. And then you learn so much about people and be able to connect with them that it's like, oh man, if I really could do this full time or dedicate like my studies to kind of focus more on this particular population, mm -hmm. then I can be more helpful. So. Wow. Okay. Did the role start for you in DeKalb? Um, I have my bachelor's degree in sociology mm -hmm. um, with an emphasis of criminology from NIU. So it did start there. I just didn't know exactly where it was going to put me. But I was able to build off of that bachelor's degree and take it and get my MSW. Okay. Brittany, you said earlier, you said that you're not cheap. And uh, I think that that is one thing I can speak for the community when I say I don't say it. Uh, you know, and so, uh, you know, uh, um, you can be afraid, you can feel like you're not needed, but then if you don't have the money, mm -hmm. you know, to seek a therapist, um, you know, that's a turn off right there, you mm -hmm. know, where, where, where do you go from there? So what do people do who probably cannot afford it? Yeah. What do what should they do? That's a great question. So I always suggest like if you're employed, starting with your place of employment, seeing if you have insurance benefits that cover mental health services, or seeing if your job is in network with an EAP or an employee assistance program. A lot of jobs will have, you know, their employees can get three free sessions or five mm -hmm. free sessions or ten free sessions, but you just have to ask because sometimes it's like you know you get that packet when you start. It's like yep. well, the team, you just don't Sign know it and be done exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are also a lot of, um, one, there are a lot of th uh, therapists who offer sliding scale appointments, mm -hmm. right? So, uh -huh. I also see that you accept Medicare. I do have mm -hmm. a lot of therapy clients. Yeah. Um, Slide and, and some, 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 you know, they look at income and their, their scale could slide all the way down to zero, right? Wow. You okay. just have to, you do your research. That's another thing. Um, but then there are also these new things popping up. I think that's the great thing about this technical age that we're living in. There's like better help. There's the mm -hmm. open path, uh, open path collective where they have therapists on there whose rates are between $30 and $80. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, honestly, when I hear people say like, I can't afford to go to therapy, like to, you might not be able to afford to come to me, but you can afford to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. Someone, uh, and I'm saying me, but I also offer sliding scale. I want to be very clear or whatever. Uh, Brittany um, is saying that she's expensive, but uh, what she charges for a session is between 140 and 150, and uh, collectively we spend that on dinner in a month. So let's 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 just put some things into you know. people in the community are like, how are you for the community and you charge that much for services? That's not um, a lot. 
and I want to say like that, mm-hmm. that is not that's not a lot mm-hmm. especially when you think about the amount of student loans therapists are taking on mm-hmm. the oh, amount right. of overhead costs that mm-hmm. we have to pay to be able to provide services like you know if you have office space and also we're also in a pandemic so there are therapists whose offices have just been sitting yeah. but they're still paying the rent mm-hmm. so yeah. it's just like for people who you know who don't understand like why would you ever charge that much it's like I'm really not seeing all of that money that's being charged exactly. even if I'm seeing clients through insurance I may charge my rate might be 140 but you know your insurance company might only want to pay me $70 like, why aren't you mm-hmm. in there with them right. because they don't pay me our time is valuable and, I, and I, this isn't just a job where I'm like I turn on my computer and then I start working like I had a client call me this morning in a crisis mm-hmm. you know and so it's like we are we're not on call but mm-hmm. we're constantly working and I think and also people just like wanting free therapy just friends family all of that it's it's a lot to deal with and yeah. so um, I will always talk about rates and pay and like because I think that needs to be a conversation that is more public so mm-hmm. that people understand I'm not trying to cheat you out right. anything it's just what I'm worth and I think also with our community we have to stop uh, we have to stop negotiating other people's prices mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we will go out in this world and pay the whites whatever they want for everything. You know, we don't own no airlines, we don't own no islands, we don't do nothing, and we will drop that money in an instance to get on their flights, mm-hmm. to go to their islands, to go to their parties. We don't own no real estate downtown or whatever. So if you go into the party, you going to Gibson's, all of that is transactional. Yeah. So please do not come back into our community and then try to beat down prices about something Can that I get you a discount. I'm just saying, right? What's a discount? It doesn't make any sense so yeah. again I do think that that's um, something that we have to talk about yeah. I think that all of y'all made a point that in the last 10 years therapy has now become something that is comfortable to talk about yeah. because growing up um, all of us collectively I'm also Christian um, therapy in my house my mom would have looked at me like I had lost my complete mind mm-hmm. so that's why um, it was never even a question for me when it was time to go to school because it was nothing that I had ever experienced before mm-hmm. therapy to me was me watching Sex in the City and you know Carrie going in and you know crying about Big or yeah. one of the white shows or one of Young and the Restless Victor and Nikki them in there and so like that's the only image I ever seen was white people yeah. going in talking about problems that in my mind I'm like what in the hell or, right that's not even a problem yeah. but I feel like that also in our community um, over the last ten years our age group. I feel like our age group is the one that's actually pushing therapy. That it actually seems like it's something okay to talk about. Mm-hmm. Now, when um, something I do want to know, whatever, all of you, um, of course, have great female friends or whatever. How is that disconnect? So, like, do your friends come to you? And is it hard to break away, like, being their therapist and being their friend? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm really, really big on mm-hmm. creating boundaries. Yeah, yeah. I work so hard with so many clients throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So by the time I catch a friend and I'm like sensing therapeutic mm-hmm. needs, I'm like, you should see a therapist. Oh, really very in tune with myself and when I'm at work and when I'm not at work Mm, so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. family I'm okay with supporting my family but being a therapist to my family no that's not gonna happen okay being a Mm -hmm. therapist for my friends that's not gonna happen Mm -hmm. I will steer you in the correct direction Mm -hmm. put you on to some referrals Mm -hmm. but everyday conversations is all I want for my family and my friends come on 
sis. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. She hit it on the head. Mm-hmm. I do not do it. And it also, I think it puts our friends to be in, like, in a tough position. Too. Mm-hmm. It puts us in a tough position. It puts, puts them in a tough position because we are now trying to fill two dual roles, mm-hmm. two different relationships yes. in right. their lives. And it's just not possible. Okay. Right? So I do think, like, but I, I do think my friends trust me now to be able to help them find a good therapist mm-hmm. that's a good fit for them. So um, they do. I love that they come to my friends and my family come to me and say, you know, can you help me find a good therapist? Because mm-hmm. I know that you can't work with me in that way. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just to piggyback, I think word of the day is boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, we have skills as therapists, active listening and things of that. And we mm-hmm. probably use that in all of our relationships. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I can't be your therapist. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I cannot. And I'm not going to be objective either. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. being your friend. You don't want this. <laughs> I cannot be your therapist. And, you know, I think there, I think we all know that therapy is certainly an emotional labor. Right. Um, and so, you know, when we're done with our nine to five, sometimes we're exhausted. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I can give you the energy as a friend, as a, as a family member, but as a therapist, mm-hmm. okay. I have to, I, I got to, Word of the day. Yes, word boundaries. boundaries. Come on now. The word of the year. Boundaries. Okay. No free labor. No free labor. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here. Mm-hmm. How do you all turn it off? So you all don't want people to turn it on. How can you all be that family member, that friend that is able to just be that and not be diagnosed? I said, oh, your ass is crazy. <laughs> How do you all turn it off? Well, for me or for myself, I'll speak. I know for me, I'm being I'm single, so I date, and a lot of the time, guys are like, "Oh, wait, you got to date." Oh, that's a great thing. I'm out, so I'm like sitting on the couch or in the space. How do I be normal? you will start to see different things. You start to hear things, you have a sensitive ear, so I'm normally telling myself, like, okay, Tiffany, that's not what we can do. We're not worried about that, like, just be okay. So I'm always reminding myself to turn it off. So when I'm in spaces where I'm not the therapist, I have to remind myself often, this is not a therapeutic space. Okay. I don't need to diagnose him or her or whoever. Right. I can just enjoy and be me in this space. Does, does do you uh, not want to say it like do you like please don't ask me what I do please don't ask me what but I do most people know by now that I'm a therapist or a social worker they go identify as something and they click the label don't bring that therapy stuff over here oh. like, okay. Like personally, I don't, you know, if they bring up like culture references and stuff, I'm talking. 
and we talk, we can talk about the housewife, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah. today. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's really just like I'm help, trying to help you get to a place, right? This is not a session for me, right? Um, and I'm also not your friend, and I'm also, you know, I'm mm-hmm. trying to remain professional, and I, I can't give the feedback that, that I really yeah. want to give. But my right. friends, that filter is gone. <laughs> She's like, where's that therapist at? Where's that therapist at? 
even just being like a sister to my brother, like those natural relationships, mm -hmm. they were always there. So mm -hmm. I feel natural with that. I do sometimes utilize interventions when I'm parenting my daughter mm -hmm. because I am privy to it. So right. I may practice more patience mm -hmm. or I may yeah. give her suggestions mm -hmm. or I may say, how about we try this? Mm -hmm. Or I may be the, the parent that's going to say, let's do a vision board together mm -hmm. just so we can see where we're going mm -hmm. we got a lot of changes. So as a parent, I do introduce some therapeutic ways. Mm -hmm. I'm still a mama at heart. Right. So mm -hmm. my daughter gets the genuine Tiffany, mm -hmm. the non-therapeutic Tiffany, mm -hmm. but I think it's just great that I have it all with me because I am more understanding. Mm -hmm. I do practice a lot more patience when it comes to like listening and seeing what's going on. Mm -hmm. I'm not as punitive as I could be mm -hmm. because I also understand like the entire piece that mm -hmm. goes along with it. So I'm yeah. like, okay. Okay. You lucky I'm a therapist. <laughs> So I do, I want to go through a couple things because um, I did, I did, um, y'all know I like to do my research. So, um, because I like to know the people just like, uh, I 100% agree with all, like, all of you when you said, Google me. Like, seriously, like, I am 100%. I don't go into any doors without knowing who I would. So like you said, like with the doctors, like you, I will keep searching. I don't care if um, you was on my website and they just popped up that one little picture. By the time I'm done, 30 minutes later, I know everything about yeah. it. Yes, because I want to know you. Yeah. So, uh, Brittany, with yeah. you, um, I want, I love your website. Thank you. So, uh, so bright and light. And I, uh, of course, I know you. So, um, your picture wasn't shocking or whatever. But um, I love the logo because that's the first thing I noticed. I said, I love the fact that she has this natural hair on here. Mm -hmm. So, she's not ashamed of, like, who she's not trying to put herself in a box. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, I know that some of the things that you do, uh, family therapy, uh, premarital counseling, blended families, addiction. Um, the one thing I want you to uh, um, talk about is your walk and talk sessions. Mm -hmm. I thought as soon as I seen that, I was like, that's brilliant. Because, <laughs> like I told you, growing up, what did I see? White people yeah. combined in um, spaces, yeah. complaining about nothing, laying on the couch. So what led you to <laughs> want... <laughs> complaining about nothing, laying on the couch. So what led you to want to add that to your practice? Yeah, that um, intentionality. I think my website like all of that it took so long because I wanted to make sure that it was something I could be proud of but also something that told people about me before they even met me mm -hmm. um, and so you there was no surprises about who you get when you walk in here what my approach is like everything you need you can find through my website um, but in getting to that website I looked at over 150 therapist websites I'm wow. not even lying mm -hmm. like talk about I'm doing my research mm -hmm. I did that um, and I really was just like you know all these feel so generic to me mm -hmm. like you know all these Getty images all these white women mm -hmm. like you go on my website you see um, LGBT couples yep. you see black mm -hmm. people you see warm neutral colors and all of that was for me to be like okay how do I really set myself aside so set myself apart and like stay true to men for me right mm -hmm. so making people feel like this is a space for them and I looked at this therapist, uh, she's in Atlanta, um, and I was really just like looking at her site, um, and I went to it and she had this thing where she was offering like park sessions or um, mm, okay. hiking, hiking sessions, yeah. something, okay. something, white stuff I saw, and I said, 
said, wow, that's amazing. Like she's taking therapy outside of the office, mm -hmm. right? And this is before, um, this was not even just COVID. This is something that she'd been offering. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm like just thinking about one, I love Chicago. I love the lakefront. Like how can I make this work for me? Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I thought of doing walk and talk sessions with clients who did not want that, you know, that regular therapy feel like you just feel like you're going out on a walk with a friend mm -hmm. and, you know, we're just having a conversation. And, mm -hmm. you know, in the summertime and in the fall, it works. But, but so many clients who reached out to me and said, this is why I came to you because mm -hmm. you offer this thing yeah. that is different, that, you know, this is my first time coming to therapy. I don't know what it yep. looks like. Mm -hmm. It can look like what it, like therapy happens internally, right? Mm -hmm. We can do this work anywhere, um, you know, all things considered confidentiality privacy right. like those are things that you know you have to sign and say I know that like there are maybe people who over here but they don't know that I'm a therapist exactly like, if we're walking on the lakefront they literally think me, me and my girlfriend are walking okay. on and most of my clients are people of color so yeah. you know mm -hmm. two black girls going out right. for a walk exactly. you know, trying to exercise right. so um, but then it also allows them to come in you know they got their gym shoes on and their Nike outfit right. you know they feel like um, you know they don't feel like they're putting themselves out of their comfort zone because yeah. that was just like that that was their introduction to therapy so I'm so glad that I offered it and I love that the weather is allowing me to still offer it um, but yeah okay and uh, Tiffany also beautiful website very relatable I got straight through it um, I see that you also uh, depression anxiety stress reduction I love this though self-esteem and confidence mm -hmm. and um, I wanted to ask you about that one specifically one that now that I learned that you're a mother um, and then uh, two uh, that um, you are um, a black woman what what made you want to add that to your practice so self-esteem and confidence I know this comes to me in a lot of different ways whether mm -hmm. it's a black male whether it's black females mm -hmm. a lot of people lack self-confidence and belief in themselves yeah. that they can even do something so even how I mentioned that I'm a motivator Normally, I'm kind of helping young girls, especially adolescent girls. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of adolescent young girls who are just trying to find themselves mm -hmm. in such a culture where it's all internet, it's all mm -hmm. YouTube's and right. this, and yeah. now we're right. moving from the school, mm -hmm. so a lot of people are losing themselves mm -hmm. in this internet culture, and so bad. I work with them so we can find out about you. So even when we do affirmations, when we do pieces, it's like, how do we tie this back to you? Mm -hmm. How do we build you? Because I want to build a person. Mm -hmm. I want to let them know, like, who am I? Let mm -hmm. me answer those questions. Let's answer those questions in the session. Because a lot of the times we're followers. We're always Ooh. following yes. everyone else mm -hmm. that you lose yourself. Yeah. So I'm like, no, let's find where we're at. Mm -hmm. Let's look and find the, the inner person. Let's work with that person and help build that individual so that we can go address the other issues. Mm, okay. Um, now, Ida, I know that you're not in private practice, but um, I did uh, find your old practice, and I seen that that was um, all <laughs> but what uh what made me so excited as soon as I seen it I know that you've moved on now, but it's founded by a black woman. Yes. And it's all black women. Yes, so please, uh, I know that you're no longer there and you're uh working in other uh ways, but what led you to them? Um how was it in an all female black women uh practice? Uh that seemed amazing. Yes. Okay, so shout out to Cultivate Your Essence. Mm -hmm. Um founder is Laura Michelle Jackson, mm -hmm. also one of my besties. Oh wow. Oh, okay. Okay. So we, and we used to work together. So, um, what attracted me? So, first of all, me knowing Lauren and her vision for this practice, 
all about love and empowerment. Mm, okay. So that's one of the things, like, okay, I'm, I'm there. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I loved about this practice, too, is, okay, look, I know what it, I know what it feels like to look for a therapist. Mm-hmm. It's hard mm-hmm. finding a therapist sometimes, especially a black woman therapist. So I just was so honored to be a part of a team of highly qualified, highly educated black women. Mm-hmm. And then what I enjoyed about this practice even more, okay, pre-COVID, mm-hmm. um, located in South Loop. Yep. So mm-hmm. we have a, a lot of um, professional black women who are looking for therapy. And I think this is such a community, like a part of our community um, that I was just really honored to support. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I'm all about black excellence, I'm sure we're all about black excellence. Mm-hmm. Black excellence, right? We need therapy sometimes. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and take care of that piece, our mental health, our self-care, so we can continue to be the best that we are. Mm-hmm. Can we? Love that. So, And um, shout out her uh, practice again. CultivateYourEssence.com. There you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, highly recommend. Um, also, so I do want to um, get back to the community aspect a little bit um, because I feel like you made a point. More educated black women are more in the South Loop. Why? Because I'm running from downtown to get on the L to pass through the South Loop to get back out here. So what do you three do individually? I know yours is a little bit different because you're not in private practice. What do you do to drive people to you? Um, Because this is such a stigma. People are not... um, a lot of people that I know that have started therapy has had a dramatic event mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. that's why they finally was just like okay I physically have to do something mm-hmm. but I know it doesn't always have to be like that like you said it could be wanting to just speak with somebody about everyday life mm-hmm. so I know that going acts earlier like the whole like well I don't like therapy worth faith that's one answer but how do you all drive people to you well, for myself, um, marketing on the internet oh, okay. and mm-hmm. word of mouth is probably my two biggest mm-hmm. like ways to advertise my business. But believe it or not, making those posts on Facebook or Instagram is a little quote, mm-hmm. it's a little mm-hmm. comments that you may put, or maybe even just like little therapeutic tools that I throw out there. Maybe it's a coping mechanism mm-hmm. or a grounding skill or just putting something out there, people actually look at that and they may share it. Or if they share it, then someone else sees it. And before you know it, someone's actually reaching out like, hey, what do you do? Or how can I sign up to speak with you? Or just keeping myself out there with my friends and just like coworkers, I'm always advertising right choice therapy, right choice therapy. And everyone knows, okay, Tiffany is a therapist, even though it's like the double-edged sword. Everyone knows what I do. Right, yeah. Notice that someone needs someone, they also know me as a person. So mm-hmm. they're like, hey, you should talk to Tiffany. Mm-hmm. Or Tiffany can link you up with someone else. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it may be. So word of mouth and just making those posts on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn helps get a lot of people attention because that's where they're at. You know, okay. people where they, where they are. That's true. Out mm-hmm. online. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, people are online. That's, <laughs> I, I agree. Social media uh-huh. has been huge. Um, not just like my own, like my business page but just like people um that I'm friends with like you know I think now like especially during COVID and like you know with all the Black Lives Matter like people advertising black businesses small mm-hmm. businesses mm-hmm. um so my friends shout out to them they advertise me all the time like my hair my hairstylist like mm-hmm. you know everybody mm-hmm. and, um 
they have people who come to them and they like, you know, I really want to get into therapy. Or even if they don't say it, just I think sometimes seeing it, like, activates something. People are like, man, this is something I've been putting out for a while. Mm-hmm. Now I finally have, I don't have an excuse because you're shouting out somebody who right. I could go to at least to start the process. Mm-hmm. So. And you're shouting out somebody that looks like me. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So. What's the difference, or is there a difference between life coaching and therapy? Yes. There's a big difference. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, please walk us through it. There is a difference. Okay. I just, I want people to know, like, um, life coaches, I don't have anything against a life coach, but they are not, they don't have credentials. Oh, they, okay. not, they don't have credentials. They don't have our credentials. Right? Okay. They don't have, I think it's a certification that you get, mm-hmm. and I think you can do it in, like, six months. <laughs> Nothing against the time, right. yeah. but it's just not... I think coaching somebody through through something and giving somebody like tools to get through something and being able to diagnose and assess like that is very different. And so mm-hmm. I think if you're, it just depends on what your needs are. If you just okay. like, I'm not motivated, but you know I don't really need any. I don't have anything um, dire going at mm-hmm. on, or I don't think I'm suffering from depression or anxiety. I just need some motivation, right? Because I want to start my business oh, and, and okay. I need somebody to coach me through like how to make the first step. Go get a life coach, right? Mm-hmm. If you are struggling with mental health needs, I think you need to see a therapist. Okay. So that's the difference. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just like how deep do you want to go? Okay. Yeah. You know, life coach. And, you know, I know um, of at least one clinician who's also a life coach. So oh, you can do both. Okay. Yeah, so I think those skills are wonderful together. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for one need versus the other, you know, a life coach is not going to dive into your life history, like, mm-hmm. you know, your past history, right. your trauma history, if you have it. And so if that's what you're looking for, if that's what you need, mm-hmm. you need to find a therapist. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So, or is it, so, because I feel like I hear life coach more than therapist, or, or more than therapy, should I say? Perhaps. Okay. I'm sorry. I just had this thought. What's her name? Ayana? Ayana? Yeah. Ayana. She's a life coach. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Because they can go how, how deep they want to go yeah. without having those credentials. And that's, I think, that's the thing. You have to, 
you cannot open somebody's wounds like that and right. prepare to close them, right? They're coming I'm out of the word. Mm-hmm. Have the ability. To yeah, not have the ability or the, 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 right, the ability to know how, but also have the desire to. Iyanla does that every single yes. time she works with people. And that that can leave a traumatized person even more traumatized than when they came in. Wow. And that, there is so much damage that can be done to people. Uh, y'all heard it here. Uh, we are actually fixing, fixing real life <laughs> here on Unapologetic. Because uh, y'all just booed me.
Um, do not try and add me on my personal account. I will not accept it if I do not know you just because mm -hmm. of who I am as a therapist and trying to keep those boundaries clear. Mm -hmm. You will not have access to my personal social media. So come find me through the business pages. Yeah, you don't even have a personal social media. Right, you don't right. Have no. You don't have <laughs> <laughs> Ida Clay. Yes. Northwestern. <laughs> um, well, professionally, you can find me on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. But if you are interested in having, um, if you happen to know, I'm going to go down the list. I, I do work at Metropolitan Family Services. And so if you're interested in having services provided in the Roseland Pullman community mm -hmm. for children between the ages of 3 to 18 who are adopted or youth in care, mm -hmm. or children from birth to six, and their families, mm -hmm. um, hit me up. I'd be happy to offer a referral. Oh, beautiful. Okay. Okay. And um, this is part one. Yes. This is only oh, part oh, one. Shit. We wanted to introduce <laughs> these women <laughs> to the community. I know y'all ain't okay. to people I was yeah. to introduce these beautiful ladies to the community to the uh we wanted to um have you aware that uh therapy is something that we should all look into and we want to make people comfortable enough so when part two comes with the questions we can all collectively talk as a family yes yes uh, it was absolutely no way possible for us to sit here uh, for less than three hours and dive into therapy Yes. So uh, there'll there'll be a part. This is part one. There'll be part two and three and four and five. Uh, yes. We have some other uh, therapists that we know that we want to involve with you all mm -hmm. and just build uh, a network of strength. Yes. Uh, in the community and um, you know, especially with the children. Like I, I'm really interested in the, the the child trauma and you know dealing with it when you get older you know always mm -hmm. for me I always say I mean you, you grown now you got to get over that but mm -hmm. I see that it's not that easy for mm -hmm. certain people and that's where our professionals yes. come in our yes, professional yes. therapists mm -hmm. not our life coaches no Absolutely. So I thank you all for your time thank and you your efforts yeah. and your services. Yes. And I thank you for your just being strong and, and, and going to get those certificates and, and the all the, the classes the degree. and degree. All, all that stuff. <laughs> uh, and, and stepping out and starting your own practices. That's, mm -hmm. that's hard yes. as well. Yes. You know? um, and you for, you know, being a mother too, doing yes. this, you know, your child, as you, did you say it? Yeah, you said your daughter ain't taking mm -hmm. off. That's not freaking new. You did all of this while raising a daughter. Yes. You know, uh, Thank you to all three of you ladies because um, I feel like that 
when this was very first pitched, I got so excited because, again, like I said, therapy is something new to our community. Even though it's been happening for years, it's new, very, very new for our community. And I think that things like this make you seem more human. Like, it also, when I look at you, I see me or whatever. So I think um, us starting this progression with y'all long term is going to be so beneficial for everybody collectively around us. I really do. And when we started, mm-hmm. we didn't know anyone. No. We were just talking about it, and mm-hmm. the Lord put literally all put all three y'all in these seats. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So uh, thank you. Anything you all want to add? I know you, uh, you all uh, do a lot of talking, so. <laughs> Safe travels back to Carverdale, the actual factual Kim Smith. This is part one of our Black Therapy session. Yes. Uh, learned a lot today mm-hmm. in this short time. And uh, we'll have part two. And uh, thank you, ladies, for being here. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having me.